0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, what's up? Bill Ryder
1: with you. Welcome into the show. Thank you for listening. Great to be here in New York City. Our friend Houston Nutt, former college coach, head coach, Boise State, Arkansas, Ole Miss on Twitter at CBS Coach Nutt. Hanging out with us on the program. Coach, what's going on? Hey, not much. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. So let's, uh, man, what a weekend and college football, and I obviously want to start with, with, with Colorado. They just got destroyed by, by Oregon. But but a big part of the story, Coach, has been the competitive uh, fervor that has surrounded Deion Sanders and his program, including from other coaches. What do you make of the response that we've seen from the people that that, that, that program competes against over the course of the early part of Dion's tenure in Colorado?
2: It's been unbelievable. Uh, when you watch Deion Sanders' team from the very first game, TCU, nobody thought that would be a victory. Nobody felt close that, that Colorado could come to Texas and, and win that one. And win that one, uh, Nebraska, and you, boy, all of a sudden you look up and it, he shocked the world. And he, he did it. Of course, his son is an outstanding quarterback. And um, he put together a brand-new team. And it's just a, a different world. Yeah, as I sit here on the sidelines and I watch this uh, changing, and, and the way he changed the mindset of his team is just, it's just unbelievable. Now, then you fast forward to Oregon, boy, you've got to give Oregon a lot of credit. Well, they, they look like a, a team that is complete, very complete on both sides of the ball. And, and I mean, Bo Nix seems like he's been playing forever. Uh, is, is running the show there and looks good, and, but their defense of Oregon, uh, I just think we'll be hearing these guys in, in uh, late November, December. I think they're they're going to be around. I, I can't wait to see how they finish, Coach. We'll, but uh, yeah, Dion just has, has just been unbelievable what he's done.
1: Coach, the irony, you know, the unfairness, whatever it is for for the Pac-12, is that as it goes out of existence, it obviously competes this year. But as it goes, out, it seems to be going out of existence. There's are some really good teams that are competing in the Pac-12 right now. Utah, really good. You, you mentioned Oregon, USC, and that high-powered offense. I mean, this that Washington team keeps, keeps scoring points. Which of these Pac-12 schools do you think are legitimate contenders as the season plays on to try and win that conference in what we think is its final year and be an actual national title contender? How many of the four?
2: I, I think it's for sure Oregon, Washington, and USC with with Weiss. Now, I don't I don't know how good they are defensively, uh, USC. But when you look at the quarterback play, look at the quarterback play, and then you look at the defense of Oregon and Utah, how physical they are. I just I tell you what, they're they're going they're going to be there. Michael Penix is another one. Watch this. So it could be four, could be four teams. But uh, isn't it ironic that you're the Pac-12? Uh, <laughs> disjointed now, but when you look at this conference, I I just think it's a shame. Of course I'm a, just an old traditionalist with my popcorn and Coca-Cola on the sideline. Uh but I hate uh to see this this conference break up like that. It just it just doesn't seem right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out.
1: I used to not here on the show. Uh coach, we we've got a couple programs in Florida State and Penn State who obviously have really deep traditions of success and fan bases that expect success, but but pretty big hills to climb. Do you think either of those programs, Florida State or, or Penn State, I know their fans think this, can legitimately be in, again, national title contention at the end
2: of the year? I think so. I think so. When you watch the, the team play, I know it's early. Uh, depending on injury and all these things, you got to have the right bounces. But when you watch these teams play, you um, I, I just I think they'll they'll be right there. I, Florida State I think will I think I have a little I, I lean more with that team because of the quarterback and because of uh, you know quarterback that can use his feet and legs when you can extend plays and and when uh, somebody misses a block there's something about a point guard or a quarterback that can get you out of trouble and that's where you you love Florida State and uh, the receivers that he has oh my goodness they're big and strong in, in the 50-50 balls, uh, they know how to win.
1: Coach, Ohio State got that win, and, and credit to, to, to them, but obviously at the end of that game, fairly inexcusable if you're a Notre Dame fan, the inability for two plays, including the the play that mattered most in that football game, uh, we're missing a player on defense that sh- should have been on the field. Obviously, if you're if you're Marcus Freeman, the head coach, that is not a great thing to experience. I don't know if anything like that has ever happened to you in your career or you've ever competed against a colleague on the other sideline. That happened too, but as best you can paint a picture for us, what goes on for that head coach, the coordinators, a program, when you lose a high-profile game like that, and it is largely, at least in part, because you do not have enough players on the field?
2: I want to tell you, it's got to be the the toughest time there is. Um, I had one game where we... We were, were playing where they didn't have enough, and it. it here's the thing: everybody in the stands, they can count to eleven, and that's what makes it so so tough uh, because the, the noise will be very very loud, and 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 it's you got to have eleven men. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> the, the, there's coaches. There's a reason why you have a staff, and you got to take care of all those things, the little things, but especially having eleven men. Uh, on the field at a very critical time, and uh, that's that's tough, tough, tough times.
1: So, so coach Houston, be careful what you say here, because I don't want Ryan Day to start screaming about you after the next game. I'm not asking about toughness, <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there any in watching Ohio State win that game, but a close game? Is there any? Do you see any vulnerability in Ohio State that makes you think that they're that they're beatable? That that maybe if you're Michigan or Penn State. That, that is a program that is not as formidable as, as some of the years past.
2: Yeah. Well, you just you just take the Notre Dame game, and and uh, Notre Dame could very easily be sitting with a W. Um, Ohio State has a good football team, well-coached and all those things, but uh, they can be beat. There's no question about it. They can be beat. You see some things that, that Notre Dame uh, did that, you know to really have a chance to win the game. I think the games that... On that schedule, there's there's two maybe three teams that can be right there in the fourth quarter that could that could beat Ohio State. But you know, again, it's uh, it, it's th- this game. You never know the the mindset and, and taking care of the ball, winning the turnover margin, doing all the little things right. Uh, you know, in any given Saturday, that's the thing. You, you just though you just can't roll your helmets out there. You've got to buckle up both chin straps and you better be ready to go.
1: Houston nut here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. Coach, Alabama's defense looks like it normally looks, but obviously their quarterback position has not been resolved to to a level where that offense is, is rolling the way that Nick Saban has had it rolling most of the last several years. To what degree do you think it is likely or unlikely that Alabama can figure things out offensively enough that they are what feels inevitable but not a guarantee that they are competing to win the SEC this year?
2: Yeah, that that's such a good question because we all expect, you know, we always been we've been watching Alabama for a while with Tua Tungavaloa and Bryce Young and Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones and offense has just been executing at a high level. Then all of a sudden, you turn on the TV and say, "Whoa, man, this is different." But I do think they got it right by putting Milroe back in the ball game. Let him be your point guard, uh, your quarterback that can run. He can use his legs. Get him involved in the offense. And um, the defense, to me, they they took a big step last week because everybody kind of thought this this is going to be the year that Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are going to get them. But then you look up and the defense of Alabama said no. And they stopped the the explosive plays and did a really good job of buttoning everything up because Jackson Dart can play and and he has some weapons. But I see Alabama now turning the corner and getting better. Now, where they have the high lead offense, they've had the – in the years, a few years, this past few years, probably not. But there's way different ways to win. And to me, it's, it's Jalen Milrow. Get him involved a little bit in the running game. Keep being physical. Then you have some explosive plays off that play action. I think he'll get better. And uh, probably not the thrower. He's not the thrower they've had in the past. But when you have a good defense that's able to get the ball back to you, that makes all the difference in the world.
1: Uh, Talking to Houston Nutt here on CBS Sports Radio. Coach, obviously Dabo Sweeney is a very accomplished coach, and and I'm not trying to disrespect that or pretend that's not the case, but we're, we're looking at now more than just one season where Clemson is underwhelming by the lofty standards that he put together at that program, and the reality is that the world has changed, as you know. NIL, transfer portal maybe in particular for Dabo, not something that he loves and has been pretty vocal about not wanting to engage in. What is the path forward for Clemson and for, and for Dabble in particular? Not this year necessarily, but just to make sure that they get back to being able to every year have the kind of team and the kind of talent that makes them competitive season after season.
2: Well, you know the the, the world has changed when you when you look at around the world and you see that how many teams. I, I, when I go and speak to teams in August, I've never seen in my life where a coach will tell me I got sixteen players that hadn't gone through spring, basically got here in June or July, and we'll see which one's fit. That blows my mind that you're, you'll take August and you find out which one of these players uh, that you're going to pick to put your best 11 on the field. And that's how things have changed. Now, when you look at Davo's team, you know, he was right there. He was right there last Saturday. And so there's an argument where, hey, you know, his way, uh, you know, he's, he's proven that he can win. Uh, he, he won a national championship. And, but I see him, you know, again, again, from afar, I'm just looking from afar. I don't have any inside info, but I know how good a coach Dabo is. And I know how bad he wants to win. I could see him going to pick up a few uh, guys with experience and getting, getting a few more transfers in there to help him. But when you look at Saturday's game, you know, you're right there. And I don't think the transfer port of being Saturday, when you look at third and one, got two plays at third and one, they'll go back and beat themselves up about, you got Will Shipley, and you got two chances: get a yard or yard and a half, and and he'll get that corrected. But it, it'll be interesting to see how far he goes into the. But I do think he'll start uh, kind of embracing a little bit, maybe taking one or two, maybe not take as many of a lot of teams, but I can see him taking a, a few players here and there and, and to, to, to help the roster.
1: Coach, I want to ask you one last question about: I think a coach in a program that has gone a little under the radar because there's been so many storylines. And that is Brent Venables, who's under a lot of pressure at Oklahoma and an Oklahoma program that obviously, like Clemson, we're all accustomed to at least being in the mix, and it's fallen off a little bit. They haven't lost. They haven't really been challenged. No disrespect to Cincinnati or whoever else. I'm so Tulsa, I think, is on that list. So it's, it's early days. Do you have any sense of the likelihood or, or not that Oklahoma can be back to this year? And I think it's really important for Venables at the level we've come to expect for that program.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that team because I was I was having a conversation just last night with a former coach, and, and we said the same thing. Quietly, quietly. No, we hadn't played, uh, you know, the competition that he's going to face here later on, but you're you're undefeated, and you're gaining confidence, and Dylan Gabriel, I love his quarterback. I love how accurate he is. And we all know that, that Coach Venables can coach defense. And so it's, it'll be interesting. I do think to answer your question, I do think that that they can be uh in the conversation if they keep doing what they're doing and uh they've been playing really sound, so it'll be interesting as uh as we turn the corner and start getting into better competition.
1: We well, yeah, they've got Texas. I think it's in a couple weeks. I think it's yeah. October 7th or whatever that whatever that that that, that Saturday yeah. is. Yeah. Are, are they anyway. capable of and obviously Texas is a very good football team again. Do you think that Oklahoma is capable of just competing with Texas and, and having a puncher's chance in that game?
2: I do in that game. because you know, that Oklahoma-Texas I've been watching for a long, long time. And uh, as you do know, the old cliche of you throw out the records, I think that's so <laughs> true, especially in this one. But uh, I tell you what, now, Texas, unbelievable uh, how Coach Sarkisian has really changed that team. They look for real, boy, especially up front in that defensive line. And now Quinn Hewers is making much better decisions, feeling comfortable. So they look like the real deal. But to answer your question, I do think that Oklahoma-Texas game, I think that will be a great football game. I do think Oklahoma can compete, and we'll see what happens in the big, big game.
1: Coach, Houston, not always a pleasure. It's early days, but it's been been a riveting college football season. Looking forward to catching up with you more over the course of of the year.
2: All right. I appreciate you having me.
1: Thank you. Thanks, sir. Appreciate you. Houston Nut. That guy's got so many great expressions. I'm old-fashioned. Popcorn and Coca-Cola. I also kind of respect that I'm not a Pepsi guy. I don't like Pepsi. Is that weird, Tom?
3: Of course. You know I love Pepsi. Do you? Yeah. I don't know that about you. I'm a Pepsi guy. You're not a sharer. Well, I just, you know, our personalities. I'm Pepsi. You're (laughs) Coke. That makes sense. Yeah. Of course it would go that I just
1: take what I like and then just the opposite... (laughs) That's me. Tom, what do you think of when you think of a bird? A worm. Okay. Well, it actually fits. That's, there's an association. <laughs> Let me do that again. Tom, what do you think of when you think of a bird? An automobile. No, what do you think about? It? A car. <laughs> Tesla.
3: You ask me what I think about when you say playing with your food. That's what I think about.
1: As an expression, which you knew the context of, would you drive a Tesla? I don't think so. So if somebody brought your free Tesla, like they brought your well, free that's drink. Different. That's you, different. That's different. They're not that. I mean, every car is expensive. Okay, you're not a Tesla guy. I'm just checking. No, no, not a Tesla guy. All right, uh, you're, are you a buy or sell guy? Very much so. That's your that's your jam. That's yeah. your world. Yep. That's where I live. That is where you live in Jersey, and you live at buy or sell. Headlines from sports and a take on each one next here on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Welcome back to Writer Than You. This is not contrived. This is not for dollars. This is not for album sales. She
1: wants to find true love. I'm just looking out for uh, TK, all right,
3: for his heart. We need to be looking out for Tay-Tay. tay can look out for herself. It's been a rocky road in terms of her relationship. No, it hasn't. It's, I want this to work for both of them.
1: She's no damsel in distress. She's a badass, bro.
3: I get it, but what if this is it? What if they are soulmates? Okay. Let me. <laughs> we we don't know. It's early. Don't ruin this. Maybe yet. I'm
1: soulmates with Rihanna. What does that have to do with anything? Okay. I hope
3: you find out then.
1: No, Laurie,
0: love you. On CBS Sports Radio. All
1: right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Good morning. Where would you have to be for it to be good afternoon? I guess you have to be in Europe or something? East of here. Yeah. Are you a good afternoon person the moment noon strikes?
3: <laughs> Who am I saying good afternoon to? Well,
1: let's say that you spoke to people.
3: <laughs> you're the only person I say good morning to.
1: You don't say good morning to me.
3: <laughs> On the air I do. That's, the, uh, only, that's, that's true. the only time. Like
1: clockwork. It doesn't matter if, I, if how I bring you in. Good, you're, It's a very... But you don't say good morning when I see you in the morning. I don't think I say good morning to my wife. Okay. <laughs> There's different ways to have a magical marriage and you are doing everything you can to prove that theory. Hey, you want to hear something uh, kind of cool? Always. This portion of the show, our show, this portion of the show right now is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group. Now, and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com.
0: What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill.
3: We're going to start where we always start, in the National Football League. Pro Football Hall of Famer and Super Bowl winning Jets quarterback Joe Namath told a local New York radio station that their quarterback, Zach Wilson does not deserve to start anymore.
0: Send him to Kansas City to back up against somebody like Mahomes, maybe he'd learn something. I wouldn't keep him. You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. Alright? I've seen enough. Has quick feet, can throw a little bit, but I don't believe what's going on up there.
3: Doesn't believe what's going on up there. Sending him to Kansas City. Bill Byers saw that Joe Namath went too far. I mean, sell. Like, sell. Is, is, here's the question. Is he wrong? He's not, but when it comes from a Hall of Fame quarterback, when it's quarterback on quarterback crime, so to speak, I, it feels a little different.
1: I don't – I'd all re- all right, so Boomer Sison, right, is, is the star – one of the stars at WFAN. We see him in the hallway, super nice guy. And one of the things that makes Boomer good at his job is he's honest. Right? I mean, like, I want people to just say what they think if they're asked – we have guests on, and I know I'm not always going to get what I want, but I, I don't want to be lied to. And so, I, I, I think Zach Wilson's not very good. I think it's clear that that he is not performing. Uh, you know, what? like I think it's not much to do about nothing, but people want their honesty until they get it. I like
3: it. I like the candor. Let's lean into that candor here. Yesterday on WEEI in Boston, an Odyssey affiliate. Bill Belichick, the Patriots head coach, was asked about his thoughts on Travis Kelsey and Tay-Tay. Travis
0: Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL.
3: Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> this would be the biggest. Bill Belichick showing a little personality there. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell dating Taylor Swift would be the biggest accomplishment in Kelsey's career. Wow. I need it qualified because at this point it's a sell.
1: Sell. But if he married Taylor Swift and he's won two Super Bowls, it'd be a buy. Buy. So here's the question: Is there an in between? Probably not, because like he gets his heart broken. Do you I mean do you want to date Taylor
3: Swift for two years and have your heart broken? Why does he have to get his heart broken? There's no scenario where he dumps her. I mean, are you? Have you lost your? Damn mind. I mean, it's possible.
1: I Me mean, is a bachelor, right? How old is is Travis Kelsey? I, I believe don't know. they're
3: both the same age. I think they thirty, thirty-two. Th- I think they're both thirty-three.
1: He's not gonna marry, dude. They're not gonna marry each other. Why? Why? Come on, man. Let love grow. Okay.
3: <laughs> All right. Why can't they get married? They one can. Day? They're not. It's not. I'm not saying it's next Would week. You, let's place a bet. I'm
1: listening. If they break up, you have to drink two Negronis. <laughs> if they get married, what what would I... What do you want?
3: I don't even know. What do I want? What do I want? I host an hour of the show. Do you want that? We probably have to get that cleared by numerous no, people.
1: No, I, I I really care about the show.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's probably <a> good call. <laughs> Um...
1: We can do, I'll put together five things you know about me being an idiot. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. Is that yes, right? I, I'll be a ghost writer with that.
1: Um, Perfect.
3: Now, this could be years down the line. I don't think they're getting married next year. I don't think they're going to elope. I don't think they're going to get married in Vegas. This is the long game here. We're in this for the long haul. They have to get married for you to win the bet.
1: They have to break up for me to win the bet.
3: This is a long play here. We're going to be in this for a while.
1: They're they're going to break up in like like a month. Oh, my goodness. You you hate love. You You hate love. I love love. You hate love. I love it so much I don't pretend something that isn't love is love. Why are we even talking about this?
3: Well, let's get back to some actual Uh, football here. Chargers wide receiver Mike Williams left Sunday's win over the Vikings after he sustained a knee injury. Now LA feared it might be very serious and Bill they were right. Williams had an MRI yesterday which revealed a torn ACL. Mike Williams out for the season. Bill said the Chargers offense can withstand Mike Williams not playing the rest of this year.
1: I mean, I'm not even sure they can withstand the rest of the year without any context. Um, I, I hate writing teams off based on one player who's not a quarterback. I'm gonna buy. I honestly think the problem's the coach. I buy. don't think it's, and this is a big loss. I don't don't get me wrong. This is a heartbreak for the Chargers. This is Tay Tay walking away from Kelsey for Utah. <laughs>
3: Come on, man. You don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. You are a weird guy. You are,
1: you're just, you're such a grumpy dude, but on certain things you're just like. Why can't I want to
3: see a power, a new power couple? Dominate the music industry and dominate the sports world.
1: Buy or sell Taylor Swift is at least 50 times the star. 50. That Travis
3: Kelsey is. Buy. I agree. (laughs) Although he is like the new Baker Mayfield. He's in every single commercial now.
1: I, I, I know you meant that. You started that sentence like you were trying to compliment the guy. Well,
3: uh, Baker last year
1: or two years ago was in every single commercial. All right, let me ask you a question. You know that at the Super Bowl last year, I was working late, and there was nobody in, in, in Radio Row, and I walked into the restroom, and there's nine stalls. And what do you do? You go to the middle stall, right? Because there's one guy on the far left, one guy on the far right. They were the Kelsey brothers. Buy or sell, had that happened now, it would have been cool if I started humming a Taylor Swift song.
2: Bye.
1: I would have done it. I don't know the words, and I can't say but I would have done it.
3: (laughs) All right, Bill, let's get to some hoops here. Now, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr met the media yesterday, and he was asked if Chris Paul will be in the starting lineup this season.
2: We basically have six starters, I mean, the way I look at it, and um, only five can can go each night. So um, I haven't decided yet uh, what we're going to do. I want to see training camp. We're going to try different combinations and and take a look. Obviously, all six guys are going to play. Uh, a lot of minutes for us. Um, but you know, if this is going to work, then everybody has to um, to embrace it, regardless of who's starting and who's not. It, it only works if uh, if the whole team buys in.
3: Steve Kerr not decided yet if CP3 will start or come off the bench. My question to you, will buy or sell it matters if Chris Paul starts or not? Well, here's the thing. Buy... Because but it obviously
1: does matter. It wouldn't be such a big story. I am highly skeptical Chris Paul is going to be a functioning, happy, positive chemistry, positive locker room presence if he's not starting.
3: So does it not matter basketball-wise? It matters more chemistry-wise? I don't think you can start him, actually. I mean, I mean here's
1: the thing. This, can I also just sort of digress a little bit? What is actually more important in the NBA and certainly more important for teams like the Warriors, is not who starts, but who finishes. What actually matters, I think, is who do you trust when it's really... It's zero zero when a game starts. Game's not on the line. I don't think Chris Paul makes up their best five when it's crunch time. He is a defensive liability now. I don't know that they require him to move the ball. They already are amazing at, 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 at moving the basketball. He's not, I, I'm highly skeptical he's at the level that he used to be. If I'm Steve Kerr, I don't know if his ego will allow this. Chris Paul is incredibly dynamic until he runs out of gas, but he's older and he's at a position at his age where you get banged up. I'm playing him very limited minutes, important minutes, not starting him. Twenty I'm doing what, what Pop did with the Spurs back when they got older and won a championship. They had a, a run there. I think they lost at the Heat, but they had a run where not a single guy, not a single player in that team played 30 minutes a game. I think Tony Parker was 29 minutes a game. I'm doing that with Chris Paul, and he's fresh. And then I'm using him a lot more in the playoffs. But I don't think he should start. I don't think he should play a lot of minutes. And against a lot of teams, I don't think he's their best five-liner. Does that answer your question?
3: It does. So I'll take it one step further. Steve Kerr, obviously a very veteran and accomplished head coach. Chris Paul, a future Hall of Famer. Does Steve Kerr have to take CP3's temperature on this prior to training camp? Bye. I think they brought him in. Bye. I mean, I think
1: all this will occur
3: but to him. Yeah, that's good.
1: Thank you. Um yes. I Look, see, they should know by now that that Chris Paul is great until he gets in your locker room and things don't always go well. He doesn't get along with most of the people he's played with. These Warriors guys didn't like him. So I, I think managing that relationship is going to be really important.
3: All right, Bill, let's get to some baseball here. The Astros now have a game-and-a-half lead over the Mariners for the final wild-card spot in the American League after Justin Verlander pitched eight innings against Seattle last night, allowing just one run on three hits. Vintage Verlander, if you will. Bill, by or sell Justin Verlander can lead the Astros back to the World Series.
1: He's, in a, he's a power couple.
3: Is he still a power couple? I don't know if they're still a power couple.
1: What's her name? I can't remember. I guess Kate they're not. Kate
3: Upton. Yeah, there you go.
1: I mean, Kate Upton ain't Taylor Swift. I mean, Swift. they're still a power couple. I'm going to retract yeah, my last At the very bottom of the sort of power couple spectrum.
3: I mean, he's still elite at his job.
1: He's a Hall of Famer. He's a 1st Mount Hall of Famer.
3: And she's still beautiful.
1: <laughs> that doesn't, a lot of beautiful women in the world. That doesn't make I you a power couple.
3: I mean, everybody knows who Kate Upton yeah, is.
1: I forgot her name, though. I think that. that's true. I'm I'm reading your question. Buy. Buy. I don't think it's gonna happen, but why not? A little 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 magic left in the old wand, you know? Harry Potter that thing? <laughs> Abraca World Series it?
3: All right. You know a... what a muggle is? <laughs> uh, no. Really?
1: No. Buy or sell you know what a muggle is.
3: Sell it's you, buddy. <clears throat> Alright. Can you explain to me? You don't know what a muggle is. No, I'm not lying. I don't lie to you.
1: It's a human being in
3: the Harry Potter world who doesn't can't do magic. You expected me to know that? You really thought I would I know that? You might. How many of those books and/or movies do you think I've started and finished? Now zero.
1: Bye. In about four years, you'll have graduated from Frozen to this, so you can you can judge me all you want. <laughs> You, you, did you know who Olaf was two years ago? Probably not. And now it ha, he haunts your dreams. Yeah, yeah.
3: my little dude is going to be Olaf for Halloween. That's pretty adorable. Yeah. All right, Bill. Let's get back to baseball, but let's move over to the National League, where the wild card race may actually come down to the last game of the season, which is Sunday, by the way. The Diamondbacks and Cubs are tied at the moment. Arizona has the tiebreaker, so they're the second wild card spot in the National League. Your Chicago Cubbies are the third and final wild-card spot, but the Miami Marlins are just one game behind the Cubs. Bill, buy or sell are confident your Cubbies will reach the playoffs. Co- confident. Confident. Sell.
0: So. Sell. So. They can. I know that they can.
3: But I... They're the Cubs. They've really faded in September.
1: Uh, y- yes, I am aware of their fade.
3: At least you got the Bears.
1: I'm aware they have to play Atlanta. In a critical series, I don't know if you know this. That's a good baseball team. That wasn't funny, dude. So com- you're playing the Broncos. Come on, you're man. The Broncos this week. At least they have the Bears. Did you just say that. At least you have the Chicago Bears. You're a jerk, bro. I mean, do <laughs> I deserve all of it? Yeah. All that right. actually hurt. Is that what it feels like?
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's finish up with one last baseball. Talk to me, Goose. According to reports, the Padres are expected to cut their payroll. By 50 million for next season, San Diego started this season with the third highest payroll in all of baseball behind the Mets and the Yankees. But Bill, they're just 77 and 80 on the year. And while they're still mathematically alive, they will almost all but certainly miss the playoffs. Buy or sell the Padres' disaster this season rivals the Angels' disaster at the trade deadline. Oh, I'll buy. Yeah, I, I think
1: Bye. trade deadline disaster epically the Angels over the course of a season disaster epically the Padres. Um, before we come out of the segment and the mu- any more bear shots you want to give me?
3: No, I think I'm good. You sure? I think I'm going to watch this game start to finish and not go red zone for this game on Sunday, just so I can you know needle you. I'm
1: gonna wa- I'm gonna watch it if the. Whoever doesn't win this game may not win a game this year.
3: I mean, if Russell Wilson loses to the Bears, he may get benched.
1: Buy or sell you want the Bears to go 0-17?
3: Buy.
1: Okay, when we come back, Tom won't be here. Uh, So say say goodbye. Uh, We will close out the show uh, with a little hoopier than thou after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogus. You're
0: listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
1: Welcome back into the show. It's Writer Than You here on... CBS Sports Radio. Tom, sometimes you got to let stuff breathe, buddy. Let it breathe.
3: I'm good. You think I'm stressed over here? I'm fine. You I'm look, relaxed.
1: You looked a little on the stress side, pal. That's just my normal face. Do you know who I have become enamored with in a way that's different than when he was dominating Is Tiger Woods? Not you. No. Yes, you really
3: thought you were going with me. You
1: know why I use Tiger Woods as a code word for you? (laughs) Caddying for his kid.
3: All right, that's all I got. You know how cool that's got to be, though? Caddying for your kid who's amazing at golf and won, by the way, the tournament that he caddied for? How much pressure is there, though, if you're that... If you're Tiger Woods' kid. A ton, but he is an outstanding golfer.
1: Is, is he? I try not to pay too much attention to kids when they're really young in sports because it just feels gross. But obviously Tiger Woods was on, what, Johnny Carson when he was three. It's. It, 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 is he good enough? Is Charlie good enough, they think, to play at a high level? Per, like, is he, like, will win Grand Slams talented? Do they know yet?
3: I don't know if he's that good, like he'll win, but I think he's going to participate and play. On the, I mean, to be yes. on the tour is amazing. Yes.
1: Shall we do a little hoopier than thou? We shall.
0: Bill Ryder has the NBA takes you need to hear. This is best,
1: Kit Bill. The inevitable rise like Batman. Dark Knight Rises. Another team rising to the... Siren, so I'm going to mix all the metaphors. Another team coming into the mix to try and get Damian Lillard services was always going to happen. And the excellent, the talented Anscapes, Mark Spears, I believe, is the guy who had this report that people around the NBA think, and I haven't confirmed this, that the Raptors are suddenly front runners potentially for him. Damian Lillard. Now, here's the report. The Raptors trade package for for Lillard could include... Remember, Lillard's under contract for a while. Could include Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, and maybe Grady Dick, who's a rookie that, that some people like. That's a hell of a return. And remember, this is an organization that went and got Kawhi Leonard on a loan for a year. Kawhi Leonard hasn't really been healthy since, but he was able to play that season, and they won an NBA championship against the Warriors. So there's a willingness to be bold, and there's success in Toronto with doing it. The thing, Tom, is that what ha- hasn't changed, what's what's not changed, is the fact that Damian Leonard's got to agree to go, or and maybe this is where the Raptors are bold enough, the Raptors are willing to say, we know you're going to demand a trade to Miami, we're going to bring you in anyway. The difference is that they got, they got, they had to give up a price for Kawhi Leonard, they had to give up DeMar DeRozan and some other things, but... Kawhi was a one-year rental. Everybody knew that. Did they want to resign him? Yeah, but I think they understood maybe we won't be able to, and they won a championship. I think this Willard deal still hinges on Lillard's willingness to go there. And maybe it may just be to Toronto. I'll go, I'll play the year. But if it doesn't go well, I'm gonna you're gonna be in the same position that Portland's in. And maybe they're willing to do that. So there's a new team in the mix. This was inevitable. Maybe Miami will try to. Problem is if you want to buy a house. You can only increase the price if you have the money to spend. Miami doesn't have anything else to offer. They're not going to offer BAM. They're just, they're not. And so, I think this story, Tom, while updated and while new and while interesting, still reverts back to what is Lillard going to do.
0: Hoopier than thou. And that was Bass Kid.
1: Can I be the Debbie Downer, the Damian Lillard thing really quickly? Oh, please. Do I think Damian Lillard can be an incredible addition to a team? Yes. Is he a scoring machine? Yes, he is. If he goes to Miami, do I think they have a window right now? I mean, they've made two of the last four finals, and they didn't have Tyler Hero last year, basically. Lillard's still 33. There is going to come a point where he's going to stop being healthy, and he didn't play last year a lot, but some of that Shutdown might have been because of some of the you know they weren't in the in the mix, and, and he might start stop being effective at some point. Point guards traditionally thirty two is when they would would stop being effective. We know that athletes are able to play longer and better than they did in the past. Quarterbacks certain age, point guards certain age, pitcher certain age, but it's not forever. I don't think Lillard is risk free. I just don't think getting him is risk free because unlike with Durant. Or any other sort of superstar who's Durant's age or younger, and Durant's now at the stage too. But when Durant was getting traded and forcing his way out, if Lillard has a serious injury, he may not be the same player. He's not 27. He's not 28. I get it. I get the appeal. I, I just don't. I just don't know that the price makes sense if it's me. And I don't think bringing in Lillard to that organization in Toronto makes them a contender overnight. I just. I don't think it
3: does. If we get to the point where Dame shows up for Blazers training camp, does that sway what's going to happen? If he does show up? If he does show up. If Blazers training camp is open on day one, Lillard shows up like he's supposed to. Does that sway what's going to happen here? Is he less likely to get moved, more likely to get moved? I think they want the
1: price than they want. I, I think the advantage that Portland has, and credit to Damian Lillard, by the way. This is very not James Harden, for example. I, don't, I could be wrong. I don't think... Lillard's going to make it hard on, on Portland by being unprofessional, by taking sh- – I mean, remember, James Harden called Dale Moore a liar over the summer. Lillard's not going to do that. He is clear that he wants to be traded. I'm sure when the media ask him, he'll either say, I'm not going to talk about it, or it's the organization knows what I want, but right now I'm here. He's a pro. He's a professional. He's a class act by everyone you talk to. So I don't think that the camp thing – is problematic in the sense of he's going to undermine Chauncey Billups. No, he's not going to undermine Joe Cronin, the GM. No, he's not going to make life miserable for his teammates. I think it's more just Portland knows. They have to know that Damian Lillard's not a part of their long-term future. Is he going to be there in two weeks? Maybe. Maybe. He's going to be there in two months? Maybe. Is he going to be there in two years? No, of course he's not. And so I, I think the sooner they can get the right return, the sooner they can get to what their actual present and future is going to be. I just think they don't want to do it that isn't for the right price. So it's a long way of answering your question. I don't think the camp thing is hugely significant. I think they'll trade them as soon as they can get what they think is fair. When are we going out again?
3: Well, if we're going to that same spot where we went yesterday, which, by the way, I'm not saying the name because I don't know the name, um, then it's going to be a long time if we're going there again. The one place you like was Bar Garage? Yes, and that... uh... Even the name fits my vibe. The Beer Garage. Yes. It says it opens at 3, by the way. Which we showed up a little after 3, like 10 after. It says 3 o'clock on here. Do you think the guy saw us coming and said, oh, no. Oh, no. I don't think
1: it was us.
3: No, actually, we looked very... <laughs> that was me. I was just kidding. I just got what yeah, you Yeah, took you a minute. <laughs> On, like, you don't need to be
1: dressed up for the beer garage. Dude, how dressed up was the bartender the place we actually went to? Bow
3: tie. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, it was
1: too much. It was too much. So here's the thing. How many times in your life have you dressed fancier than the guy that brought us the $30 cocktails? You can count on one. At prom? Uh, most but, of the weddings, but right? But we looked like idiots. Right, I did a prom. like not sure Oh, that's... yeah. Oh, yeah. I looked like a dummy. Yeah, me too. Uh, mo- yeah, most of the weddings we've been to. Okay. I mean, I've dressed pretty nicely for like TV work. But he was, I don't think I was that fancy. Did he have suspenders on too? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was a hipster guy. Yes. I go to a lot of places where hipsters hang out and I look like where I'm from. I look like I'm from Iowa. I'm like hoodies and my jeans
3: are old and.
1: You know, that's
3: kind of it. That's exactly what I'm wearing today.
1: I was in a meeting with somebody important the other day and had my legs crossed. I looked at my tennis shoes and a big piece of my tennis shoe, my toe thing was sticking up because my (laughs) shoes are peeling. Someone in this building. I'm an impressive man. I slowly, when they looked around, grabbed and pulled it off my shoe, pulled a big chunk of my shoe off. (laughs) Yeah. Real James Bond. Thank you for listening. I'm Bill Ryder. Show's brighter than you. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.